This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he loves the fire What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Umar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! It sure is that time, and what time is? It's the halftime show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, covering everything sport, international, local. Boy, do I have a show in store for you today! I'm so excited to have the best physio in town. She handles many athletes across the world, from mixed martial artists to rugby players. Miffy Edlin joins the halftime show to talk injuries, the right approach on how to address it, or even better, prevent it from happening. And you don't want to miss this, folks. Trust me, it's going to be a great show. On the only place to be at three, with me, Omar, at Pulse95. The heart of Shaja. This is Pulse95. Oh, he loves the fire What a goal! This is the halftime show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Let's get ready to rumble! Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to the halftime show with Omar Adori. I'm your host, covering everything sport, international and local, and it's with great pleasure. I welcome someone I hold in the highest of regard in the industry she's in. She's in a bracket of her own and deals with many, many, many patients across the UAE in many sports. She analyzes injuries from a biomechanical perspective and her treatment focuses on correcting the mechanics pre, present and post. Miffy Edlin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Omar. I'm very excited to be here. A <laughs> little excited? bit nervous, a little bit nervous. You can't be nervous, really? Uh, yeah. Always, always a little bit nervous. Just for the first segment. You're allowed to do that for the first segment. Yeah, fine. Okay. Now, Miffy, in sports, the dark side is injuries and dealing with it. Your role, however, is vital in that process because you get to manage an athlete from a physical perspective, but also mental. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I I guess the physical part is actually the easy part for physios because that's what we're trained in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Injury management, immediate injury management, looking at a way of getting other things uh, loaded if it's a knee injury getting the hip and the foot loaded the low back loaded to avoid uh, injuring the, the knee further that sort of thing is our bread and butter right the more difficult part is the mental aspect because you've got to maintain motivation for the patient who's obviously feeling pretty down that they've injured themselves so you've got to maintain that motivation but you've also got to keep them uh, a little bit level-headed so that they're not pushing to go back to sport immediately absolutely uh, the hardest part is dealing with them and they're often their team there's okay. a lot of there's a lot of pressure for that player to get back into sport if they're in a team to get back it might be a financial it might be a a numbers here in Dubai it might be you know an amateur team and they're needing numbers mm-hmm. so it's also managing their expectations not pushing them back too soon and risking further injury right. but also not holding them back not sort of holding on to them thinking oh I'm worried they're not quite there yeah. it's knowing that balance and you know across across the UAE in the Emirates you yeah. deal with uh, with so many different athletes but how much of it is it mental um, I think in the professional leagues, mm-hmm. it's actually a lot more mental than physical. Yeah. Because physical, as I said, that's our bread and butter. It's about the tissue healing. Right. And give, making sure you've got the optimal conditions for that tissue to heal. Yeah. Um, so amongst the professional guys, mm-hmm. it's much more mental maintaining their motivation and keeping them uh, stuck into rehab, making sure it's uh, sport-specific rehab, making yeah. sure you're progressing the rehab. 
Uh, with the amateur athlete, it's probably more a physical issue because they just want to get back. There's no financial concern. There's no family concern. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little bit less mental. However, if you're talking age groups as well, you yeah. might be saying the older guy might be lacking motivation, thinking I really don't want to go back because I think I'm going to injure myself. And is that because they're getting to the end of their contract or the yeah, end of their career? Yeah, they think they are. Yeah. yeah. But even the amateur guy who might be, you know, a 45-year-old dad who plays football once a week, mm-hmm. you, he might be saying, do you know, maybe I'm at the end of my, my time. And I'm not a believer that there is an end of the time. Yeah. There's, you can reduce the level, you can reduce the, uh, the I guess, um, what do you call it? The, the level you're playing at. Right, But right. you should always keep exercising. Right. So it's keeping that motivation and telling, well, you know, maybe soccer's finished for you, but you need to run. Yeah. Or yeah. you need to swim or whatever. It's it just is. staying active, right? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, yeah, awesome. And, and obviously with that muscle memory that they do that uh, and they actually still have that movement, then they, they kind of go in a flow state of training. But what I want to ask you is, um, what's the most common injury you currently see? Uh, currently see in the sporting arena is we're seeing uh, bumps and bruises, mm-hmm. which are basic, yeah. muscle strains, but ligament sprains are the thing that are coming up at the moment, right. and particularly through the knee, because yeah. the number of people here that play uh, contact sports, rugby, football, yeah. and the knees are under a lot of pressure because there's a lot of pivoting, a lot of turning, changing direction, deceleration, that sort of stuff, and the knees are really under load. So particularly like an ACL, an right. anterior cruciate ligament, yes. which we kind of consider the main stabilizer of the knee. Yes. That's a big one that's getting injured and 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 with the acl that yep. there's different grades right there are different grades can you can you share what the different grades are yep. firstly any ligament has the same grades grade one is pain with some uh disruption of the ligament so if you've got a mm-hmm. hundred thousand collagen fibers you might have broken ten thousand of them you've got a lot of pain but the the joint is nice and stable right a grade two is uh, probably fifty thousand or more i'm making those numbers up yeah but where the where the joint actually starts to move a little bit more it's not as stable mm-hmm. so therefore you're in riskier state mm-hmm. and then a grade three is a complete rupture so right. the ligaments broken nothing's holding it together and you are moving more than you should nice and, yeah. and throughout the grades how long does each one take to recover or heal yep. let's say so typically a grade one will take maybe four to six weeks yeah uh, grade two will take maybe six to twelve weeks mm-hmm. grade three is different because each ligament is treated differently right. uh, some of them say the inside of the knee might be a three-month recovery mm-hmm. but then if you have an ACL and you go for surgery you might be looking at nine to twelve months and the Research is suggesting 12 months is the best thing. Even months, yeah, huh? And you look at professional sports, you look at Aussie rules, yeah. which is my sort of base. Mm-hmm. You look at Aussie rules and those guys, they do it the first week of the season. They're out until next year because wow. the evidence says you wait after nine months, you wait and you get a much better recovery. And then that includes even more of the mental game. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. Mm. But you know, one thing I do want to say, uh, Miffy, is throughout all these injuries you've had, do you sometimes wonder what kind of surface they're playing on, what kind of environment they're playing on, what kind of impact does that have on the injury? Absolutely. Lots. Lots. Mm-hmm. The surfaces here are really hard and really dry. Yes. And people are still wearing um, molded soles right. and studs. On different surfaces. On different surfaces. And right. they are sticking in. Yes. You know, the grounds that they used to play on were muddy and movable. So when they stopped and they shifted and they twisted, the foot often went with them. Mm-hmm. Nowadays it doesn't. It digs into the ground yeah. and it gets stuck. And that creates that pivot force, which is the main thing or one of the main things that causes an ACL rupture. Wow. The and other big environmental thing I'm going to jump in yeah. is dehydration. Absolutely. In the yeah. Middle East, everyone is dehydrated. Yeah. You, you almost can't stay rehydrated enough. So okay. the more fatigue you get, the slower your reflexes are, the slower your body reacts to what's and then, happening. And then in terms of that, does electrolytes play an even more significant role? 
I think they do. Okay. I don't have the research on that, but in my opinion, yes, they do. I think drinking water is really important. Right. But it doesn't give us what we're sweating out. Good. Because obviously the salt, the sodium. Absolutely. And everything. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And the million dollar question you probably get asked all the time. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> is, um, you know, shall I have surgery or not? When you get someone coming yep. in. At what point? When we went through the grades, grade one, two, and three. Yep. At what point do you say, yep, you got, it's a 50-50. At what yep. point do you say, yes, you yep. should do a surgery and what, when you shouldn't? Yep. So firstly, with ACLs, there's a lot of conjecture as to whether there is really a grade one or a grade two ACL sprain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tend to I tend to think there's either nothing or there's grade three. But right. other people will believe differently and that's cool. With the grade three, we used to say surgery, surgery. There was a, a study that came out a few years ago, a brilliant study, and literally it says it's 50-50. Interesting. So the main okay. reason we used to push surgery because because we thought it reduced the the load on the other on the cartilage in the knee yeah. and it reduced the risk of osteoarthritis. Mm-hmm. Uh, this study that came out, I think it was 2013, says that no, th- there seems to be no huge difference between having surgery and not having surgery and when those sort of arthritic problems come on. Wow, that's yeah. You so, see, for me, that's all. That's keeping me guessing. I'm uh, I'm looking at it and thinking. But that's something also I admire about you because you're quite honest and quite direct and very straightforward. And that's very something. Black and white. But that's actually really good because at the same time, a lot of, a lot of let's say, the speculation or the controversy normally is they are, of course, they're going to want us to do surgery. But in your case, you'd rather sometimes avoid it than yep, actually absolutely, take absolutely. And there's a, you know, there are specific populations for that. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, guys, text us on 4215. It's a lot to do if you have any questions about injuries or slide into our DMs at Omar Duri or Pulse95 Radio on Instagram Live. Coming up next, more with the people's physio on the only (laughs) place to be at 3, the halftime show on Pulse95. You're listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. Oh, he loves to fire that This is the halftime show with Omar Adori. On Pulse95. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. Now, if you're just tuning in and kicking yourself for missing out on this fantastic show with our incredible guest, Miffy, no worries. You can listen to us on your episodes, all episodes on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, music and commercial free. Just type in the Halftime Show with Omar Duri and we can share the waves. On today's show, we are talking injuries in sport and how to manage them from a physical and mental perspective. Miffy? Is the nerves gone now? Oh, uh, yeah. Kinda. Yeah? Yeah? Kind of. Are you ready? Yeah. Now, let's talk about prevention. Now, we're often in a state of mind, unfortunately, on this part of the world, to be reactive and not proactive. Mm-hmm. By this, I mean we wait till we get injured and then address an imbalance or an issue that could be ongoing. Tell me more about that. What is it about prevention that allows us to skip the page? Uh, when you say, what is it about prevention that allows us to skip the page what do you mean like what are the benefits of prevention yeah i mean How do we i prevent? think it's it's a it's a mental thing normally we kind of wait till it's a bit late and yeah. then and then we don't notice that there might be an imbalance or a niggle or something yeah. and then we wait till the injury happens yeah. and then we address it well i think um you know if you're looking from a professional to an amateur point of view a professional is having scanning screening uh, they're, they're checked from when they're 11, 12, 13 years old. So they're already aware. So their prevention is completely different to ours. Mm-hmm. I think for the normal the normal amateur athlete, uh, one of the problems is that we take our health for granted. Yeah. You know, you get a niggle, you think, oh, I'm not going to do anything about it. Maybe that's a warning sign. And and that's that's one of the problems that we just don't listen. We kind of think we're in, invincible. Mm-hmm. And is that something you notice across like the UAE? All the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just across the UAE, also other places I've worked, but here probably more so because people are less 
a little bit less active right. as a general population. Right. So they're less body aware, mm-hmm. which means when they do get something, they might just therefore say, do you know what, I'm going to rest for three months. Right, right. Instead of, instead of push it or say, I want to keep going, they kind of take the route of, I'm just going to rest for three months, and then they go back to it. Mm-hmm. And then they injure themselves again three months later. I'm, I'll just take another rest. Right, gotcha. Yeah. And that's, does that depend on, on the environment we're in? Because normally, like, you know, people come over here and joke about, you know, the, the was it the, the, the stone that you put on or the two stones yeah, that you put yeah, on, the, the Dubai stone, stone or the UAE stone, as we yeah, call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that, does that depend where they're from or is it basically when they come over here they get a bit complacent in that sense I think part of it is when you move to a new place um, you don't necessarily know the way it works you don't necessarily know who to contact to get involved in the sport you're in like the football club or um, the tennis club that sort of thing I think the other thing is when you come from a lot of other places you walk you naturally walk regularly right you walk to you walk to the train station you walk home from the train station you walk to a cafe Dubai certainly when I moved here Dubai isn't really set up for walking so mm-hmm. much it's getting much better now right but I walk you know for instance I get out of my apartment I take the elevator down I walk 100 meters to my car I drive to work mm-hmm. I walk to the elevator I walk go up again most people do the same sort of thing so there's a general lack of activity right and you have to actually seek out movement mm-hmm. which is in sort of other cities, you don't seek out movement. It happens on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, our bodies aren't used to the movement. And then we think one day, one hour of football twice a week is enough to keep us going. And it's just not. Got you. And, yeah. and how much of, you know, the recovery phase is based on genetics? That's another thing. We hear that a yeah. lot in the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, genetics, I guess you then look at, well, why did you get injured? And genetics can be racial genetics. You know, right. you look, I look, tend to look at sort of Arabs and Asians tend to be more flexible. Right. Okay, um, a little bit more floppy, yeah. which is great in terms of flexibility. But it also makes it a little bit harder to gain strength. So coming back to injury, coming back from injury to yeah. the sport can be a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. Then you look maybe at your, your Caucasian population and we're a little bit stiffer, right. which might be beneficial in terms of gaining strength, mm-hmm. but you have to watch for flexibility. Right. But on the other side of genetics is what do you get from your parents and your grandparents? Right. Especially if they're mixed. Yeah. Especially if they're mixed. But also, I guess, as you said earlier, I'm a mechanic. I look at mechanics. Yeah. And uh, if, you're, if your parents have funny knees or turned in knees, turned out feet, that sort of thing. Yeah they might be a high risk of of injury and then you come along you get the same genetics you might also be a high risk of injury and then if again if you're a pro athlete those medical teams that look after those pro teams they're aware of that mm-hmm. they're looking at what your past medical history is they're they're setting you up with a preventative program to avoid that sort of thing got you we're not we as amateur athletes we don't know you know my mum had a bad back my dad had a bad knee yeah that's why i've got it mm. why aren't we preventing that ahead of time got you you know what for that you get a round of applause oh, for that one I love too. the sound effects. Yeah? <laughs> and you've been in the industry for a while now, and you've reached a stage where you can pretty much tell the type of athlete that comes into your system. So, sorry, it comes into your clinic. Now, with that, biomechanically, yep. can you tell from someone how they look, what sport they play? Maybe not what sport they play, but you could get an idea. Like a swimmer's going to come in with narrow hips, wide shoulders, mm-hmm. quite lean. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a runner is probably going to come in with quite toned legs. They're going to work really well in a forward back direction. Yep. Maybe not quite side to side. Got you. And you can often tell if someone plays maybe a unilateral sport, mm-hmm. like tennis, for instance, yeah. or or even football. Football, interestingly, yeah. you know, they come in, oh, I'm right footed, I'm really good right footed, and I ask them to stand on one leg. 
and then they stand on the right leg mm-hmm. because they're right-footed, and they wobble. Okay. They stand on the left leg and they are stock still. Because that's their stability. Because that's their stability leg. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So those sort of things can give away maybe what sport or what area they're predominant in. Because all football codes would be the same. Got you. Yeah. yeah. Well, seeing that you've done that, <laughs> coming up next, we have some fun in the fire round as we show Miffy a couple of body types and see if she can guess what sport they play. Only in the half charge on Pulse 95 on the halftime show with me, Omar Alduri. You're listening to Pulse 95. This is the halftime show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri and boy, what a show it's been today with the fantastic Miffy Edlund. Now, Miffy, normally, as you know, you listen to the show. All the time. I do uh, a fire round with my guests where I throw a topic or subject and they can answer in one word or a sentence max to define that. Except seeing as you're a specialist and someone who deals with several athletes, I'm going to do a spin-off. And then the fire round where I will show you six different body types and want to see if you can guess what sport they play. Are you ready for that? I'm ready. Okay, so in the break, if you guys were tuning into the Instagram Live at Omar Duri or Pulse95 Radio, what I did was I showed Miffy um, different body types and she had to tell me what typically they looked like. And it was a, these were a little bit tricky. And I started off, for those that know, with Peter Crouch. Now, Peter Crouch is six foot seven. And he, in the wrong sport. And in the wrong sport. And I actually even tried to confuse her even more by uh, showing her a picture of Peter Crouch playing golf. And he looks like he's leaning over over a town uh, in the image. And she actually put next to him high jump. Yeah. So the body type that he has, you believe, is a high jump. Well, it's more high jump than football, for yes. sure. He's long, he's lean, um, and they are your typical high jumpers. And, and yeah. interesting, why? how come you didn't say basketball? That would be the He's stereotype. muscle mass. Right. He's got, he's got, there we he's go. He's so lean. Right. Yeah. There, there we go. And the next one I had was um, country boy Roy Nelson from the MMA world. Now, for those that do know Roy Nelson, and I'm, show, I'm showing him right now on the screen on Instagram Live, he um, he's a little bit on the round side yeah he's uh, quite rich in adipose tissue <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and Roy Nelson uh, Roy Nelson is one of uh, the most incredible conditioned um, athletes but he does not look like it he can actually last five rounds of five minutes in mixed martial arts um, Miffy put down sumo yeah okay. you know he's got he's got the belly of a sumo. Right, right. That's very well politely said. Um, the next one I had was uh, Frankie Dettori. Yeah. And you were actually surprised when I when I, when I I said that. Well, I didn't pick it as Frankie Dettori, but by the body shape. Yeah, because he's quite tiny. I got it right. You got it right. She Woo-hoo! put Jockey right next to it again, so that shows she knows um, what, you know, what you're doing. Yeah. And, uh, and the other one, now this is a tricky one because this can be classified as several sports. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, I showed her an image right here. Uh, on, it's a good image. It's a good image and uh, ver- very well-defined uh, young man. Yes, uh, very lean. Very lean. Yeah. And she put football code. Yeah, I figured he was... Because he could have also been an Aussie rules player. They're pretty lean, right. but they're also very muscular. Right. So it was either soccer or footy. Right, right. And I also showed her the current world champion of the world, Andy Ruiz. And uh, she actually thought she knew who he was, but she, she said she didn't. She put Mexican wrestling. You know when they wear the masks? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got that he was Mexican. 
<laughs> we'll give you that one. Um, Andy Ruiz is set to fight, obviously, Anthony Joshua, who is the complete opposite body type of him, yeah, and she put Mexican wrestling. Now, the one that's interesting is, and you knew who this was. I knew him. who this was, yeah. Uh, th- this was Gareth Bale. Now, with Gareth Bale, I think, in my opinion, he could have played any sport. I think so, too. Yeah. But you put football straight away. Is that because you know he plays that sport? Or? It's probably both. Right. I, it's hard to look past him because he's so famous. It's right. hard to look past the fact that he is a footballer. Yeah. But he's definitely going to be in a, in a sport that involves a lot of movement and a lot of running. That's obvious. Yeah, and, and I think, in my opinion, he's got the ideal body type. Yeah, I would say you know? so, too. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable yeah. in his figure. But that's the first part of the fire round. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw a couple of things your way. Okay. You don't know these because no, I, haven't, okay. I haven't shared these with you. And you tell me what's the first thing that comes to mind. Keep it clean, Miffy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you tell me what's the first thing that comes Challenge to mind. Maximum, maximum one sentence. Okay. But you can go up to one word. Got it. Okay. What color is your toothbrush? White and blue. Okay. Most common injury you get? Low back pain. Ideal role model? My mum. Nice. I like that. Uh, Kim Kardashian? No. Okay. Uh, most common myth you hear about injuries? Uh, ignore them. Oh, nice. Okay. What do you want to win? Who, oh, sorry, who do you want to win the World Cup rugby? Wales, South Africa, England or New Zealand? Oh, New Zealand. Okay. They're my neighbour. Okay. I like the fact you said you're their neighbour because Australia and New Zealand are also rivals, no? Yeah, but when one's gone, we support the other. Wow. Yeah, okay, totally. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, totally. That's something new. Okay. Um, what sport has the best athletes? That's the most one. rounded athletes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aussie rules. Aussie rules? Yeah. Wow, coordination, okay. reflex, speed, acceleration, power, hand-eye right. coordination. Hey, yeah. listen, you win. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What's the last song you trained to? Oh, it's got to be Bieber. Justin Bieber? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is CrossFit for everyone? No. Why? Uh, one sentence or one Yeah, word? one sentence. Uh, too many people per class at most gyms. Very good. So no focus, detail to attention. Yes. Love that. Okay. Favorite cheat meal? Oh, donuts. <laughs> donuts. It's a meal. Okay. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and favorite radio station? <gasps> Definitely Pulse 95. There we go. You know, she knows exactly what to say. That Woo-hoo! wasn't programmed at all. Okay. Coming up next, we answer your questions. Give some cheeky shout outs. Uh, on the Halftime Show. Stay tuned for more on The Only Place to Be at 3, The Halftime Show with Omar Duri on Pulse95. Pulse95. You're listening to Pulse95. It's Pulse95. This is The Halftime Show with Omar Duri on Pulse95. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. I'm joined today by the best physio in town. Miffy Edlund is here on the Halftime Show and jamming to this tune. <laughs> Little boogie. Miffy, how has your experience been on the Halftime Show? Oh, brilliant. I love a good dance and I love good music. Wicked, wicked. And we've got to give a couple of shout-outs to our regular Halftimers. Uh, Mufid, Ali, Badr, uh, Peaky Blinders, Roda, Nuruddin, Anape, Qasim, Ahlam, Ali Muhammad. 
Uh, thank you, Ashamma, as well. Thank you so much for tuning in on the halftime show. Remember, the show will be nothing without you. Uh, any shout outs uh, from your side, Nafi? Oh, um, lots of shout outs to my mom and my sisters. I like it. <laughs> and to Omar and Maria <laughs> and to everyone at work. Yeah, yeah. You're the best. You're the best. Okay. A uh, couple of questions. We've had quite a few people actually interacting with us uh, on social media now. And uh, one of the questions comes from Kasim. Uh, he says, athletes who have permanent ligament damage, let's say ankle, what's the best way to improve strength? Okay, I guess first the question is, and, and anyone that's ever been to me in my clinic knows that I ask a lot of questions. Oh, yeah. I take a really strong history. Oh, yeah. So um, the first thing we're looking for is why have you got the permanent damage? Is it truly permanent damage? But then if you're looking to strengthen, you've got to look at what you're strengthening. So first of all, if it's an ankle, you've got to be strengthening up in the hip. Mm-hmm. You've got to be strengthening the quads and the hamstrings so that the knee is strong because you want to take the load away from the ankle if the ankle is, is too mobile. Um, so that's the first thing I'd be doing. Then I'd be looking at retraining proprioception, which is your balance and your awareness of the ankle moving. And that involves a lot of single leg standing, um, doing tasks while single leg standing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can go to your, your true ankle strengthening, which is your calf and your perineals on the outside of the leg that actually hold the ankle steady, your tibialis posterior, those sort of things which right. you should be working on. Yeah. So yeah, definitely you can strengthen, but look look above the ankle up to the hip and the knee to start with. And both sides, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dude. dude. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, Ali, uh, Limitless PT, says, what's your thoughts on posterior loaded squats for someone with a history of an L2 disc herniation? Oh, okay. Um, so first, is it still is it still causing symptoms? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have a problem with posterior squats if you are strong. Yeah. If you're coming back from injury and you're, you've been out for three months, which is quite common with a big uh, with a disc injury, yeah. then you won't want to be going into squats straight away. So you need to be building up. Yes. Through the quads again, through the quads and the bum, so mm-hmm. that they're taking the load, mm-hmm. and then you might might want to bring in the back. But you might look at starting at half range of motion, okay. just down to ninety. But no, I don't mind you doing them okay. so long as you're doing them pain free and you're strengthening everything around it and supporting it brilliant brilliant yeah. shout out to Ethan as well just jumped in on the Instagram live uh, Roda and Mufid very common injury in older footballers how do we get more flexibility in calves they they get tighter as we get older yes they well I don't know if empirically they get tighter as we get older but part of the thing is looking at what footwear you're wearing mm-hmm. but really the thing is that often calves are actually very very weak yeah and when they're weak they tighten up to to compensate for that right strength loss so getting them strong at the same time as loosening them, you'll actually find that they'll strength, they'll, they'll lengthen. And something you said there, which I've got to, I've got to catch on, is, yep. is you said footwear. Now, is there any footwear for specific sports you recommend? Not, not a blanket recommendation. No, right. it's all very much how what it's how it suits it the particular patient right? Um, and looking at the foot mechanics. Certainly what we want from all shoes is as much cushioning as possible okay. when we're impacting heavily. Right, right. Yeah. So let's say I'm going to dive into this now. I'm just, I'm taking advantage <laughs> now. Let's say with football. Yep. Okay. Um, do you believe in the old school type of boot versus the new school type of boot? So when I say that, let, let's even dive in more. The, the classics, the Copa Mundials, the old kind of stitched up boots or the lighter type where we look at, let's say, the Nike Mercurial or something like that. How would you go about with those? Um, I guess the thing with football is that you need ground contact. You need to be feeling what's happening under the ground. Yeah. But the trade-off there is no cushioning. Okay, yeah. okay. So therefore, if you're coming back from injury, mm-hmm. we're wanting cushioning. So those old-style boots are not beneficial to, say, an ankle sprain or a knee sprain because they're just loading up heavily. The new shoes, though, at the same time, aren't necessarily providing the support we need. Or cushioning. 
or cushioning. Mm-hmm. No, no football boot, in in my opinion, provides a lot of cushioning. Right. Now, well, if, why is that? Because you're trying for the light right. and you want the ground contact. You want to feel what's underfoot. Right. You're right. changing direction so quickly. Right. That's that's my understanding. Okay. Um, and also because the shoe itself is quite a stiff shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. Plenty of questions coming in. I'm trying. I might have to get you back in, uh, Miffy. All right. So Maha's asking: From all the athletes you train, which are the most difficult in any sport? Professional athletes. Professional. Athletes. Elaborate on even, that. Okay. It's definitely not a particular sport. Mm-hmm. It's once they're professional, the the stakes are so much higher. Okay. Yeah? And they are needing to get back, mm-hmm. and it could. It's usually financial, but also a guilt thing. Okay. And the pressure is always on to get them back, get them back, get them back. And it's a me- that going back to the first question. Yeah. That's a mental thing. It's not a physical thing. Right, right. Get, getting back an uh, maybe a, an older or a returning athlete can be the most difficult thing physically. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's more the professional athlete. Guys, remember if you do want to catch up on all our episodes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, commercial and music free. Just type in the Halftime Show with Omar Dury, and we are there. We've had some incredible guests like Miffy covering some smashing topics like mental health, what foods affect you emotionally and physically and how brain management controls performance levels. We are live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday at 3pm and see you back on Saturday where we'll be talking about dementia and one of our favourite segments in Game of Zones. Miffy, before we wrap up, yep. thank you so much for coming oh, in. Oh, it's been a pleasure. It's, you've been amazing. How can we follow you? Oh, you can follow me on Instagram Okay. at Miffy Edland. Yeah. Uh, are you active on Instagram? Uh, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. awesome. So, yeah. so guys, you heard it here first. Remember, we will be bringing Miffy back on because she's been incredible. Miffy, thank you so much. My pleasure. Guys, have an incredible day. Stay tuned for more on Pulse95. Adios. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 p.m.